With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This content may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion advised. One thing I knew was my body was instantly in fight or flight mode. And I knew something was extremely wrong here. I think about what could have happened if we were to have gone with him to his home. And I'm so happy there were three of us. What do I do? So I started reading the Quran and I started praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. The knocks got louder and louder and louder until we could just hear slaps on the door. From Disturbed Media, join your host, Chad, for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This is Disturbed. Welcome back in, everyone, and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm bringing you three true tales and a listener voicemail that will terrify and horrify. So sit back and listen close as we dive into the horror. One announcement at the top of the show. We're looking to get more of your encounters and experiences on the show in voicemail form. And we have a dedicated hotline set up you can access anytime right from your phone at hotline.disturbedpodcast.com. All experiences welcome. Creepy encounters, cryptid creatures, unexplained, UFO, and whatever else you may have encountered out there. Call in and let us know. We open the show hearing from Reddit user Player510, featuring voice work by Matt Bradford. And we have a meeting gone wrong. One year ago, I was on an app. It was a local app where you could talk to people who were within your area. I met a nice girl there, and we also had common interests. I mean, we hit it off right away and exchanged numbers and pictures. Everything was perfect. <laughs> Too perfect. She was all over me, saying stuff like, you are very gentlemanlike, which I am, but that's just for the ladies listening to this podcast. But she was obsessed with me, and I never had a girl like that before. Even though she wasn't the best looking girl, she made me feel a certain type of way. Then at some point we met on a Saturday afternoon and had a nice time. We even went back to her place and did the deed. I tried to sleep at her place, but she didn't want me to. I thought maybe she lost interest because of my poor performance. I couldn't be bothered at that point and went on with my day and left the house. But no, she didn't lose interest. And she asked me if I arrived well after I got home 30 minutes later. And from then on, nothing really special happened. Just normal texting about life and stuff. That is, until, well, 
Two weeks later, when I was done with my studies, I wanted to see her again, but something was different. It was the way she wrote, without emojis and more direct. When I wrote her, she almost instantly replied, which is kind of different because she always took her time. But yeah, I didn't care, and I said I'll pick her up with my car at her house, but no, she said I should meet her at a local park, and she has to get gas anyways. The location we were supposed to meet was a local park, but she wanted to meet me when it was already kind of dark, which was suspicious. But at that time, it wasn't, somehow. I said, why there? And she told me not to ask any dumb questions and just said to be there on time. I replied, LOL, okay. When I got there and I was waiting for her, she came ten minutes late. I didn't care, to be honest. I was just so happy I could see her again. She parked her car and I got a weird feeling. I knew something was terribly wrong here, but couldn't put my finger on it. I checked the location, was looking left to right to see if something was wrong, and I also checked the bushes, though no one was ambushing me. She didn't come out of her car for the next two to three minutes. I couldn't see in her car because the windows were tinted. I was just waiting for her to come out of her car, but yeah, she didn't. I was smiling at her car, you know, probably because I was nervous and thought she was playing an unfunny joke on me. But then suddenly I get a call. I pull up my mobile phone and it was her. As soon as I pulled up my mobile phone and saw her name, I heard doors open. Not just one door, but two or even more. The way the car was parked was horizontal, so I couldn't see if there were more passengers who opened the door, but one thing I knew was my body was instantly in fight-or-flight mode, and I knew something was extremely wrong here. Yeah, I ran for my fucking life. I didn't even look back to see who it was that did exit the car. After I managed to escape, I deleted and blocked her number. I believe to this day that she cheated on her boyfriend and he somehow found out and wanted to beat me up or do some even more serious harm. I mean, I had heard all that stuff on the news, how people lash out because of cheating fiancés or wives, and I didn't want to be another statistic. I don't even think she was in the car. It was probably two dudes who intended to do serious harm on me. I was kind of surprised how fast I can run when I actually try to. It was probably because of the adrenaline. Man, that got my heart pumping. Looking for even more disturbed? Join us on Patreon for ad-free listening, shout-outs, and disturbing calls bonus episodes at patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast. Apple users can subscribe to Disturbed Media Premium directly in the Apple Podcasts app. Next up, we check in with Reddit user Remote Teacher 4753 featuring voice work by Tanya Eby, and we're reminded to trust your sixth sense. My husband and I moved into a cool downtown loft in 1999 in San Diego's Gaslamp District. We had an underground parking garage that was manned by security after the management team left for the day. My husband worked nights while I attended UCSD. On New Year's Eve 1999, my good friend came to visit and to hit the parties. 2000, baby. I had secured a spot for her in the visitor section and went down to meet her. The security guard on duty was a middle-aged gentleman. I have long since forgotten his name. He was always very nice, but there was something about him that bothered me. And I did not know why. When I met my friend at the gate, he came to speak to us and asked about our plans. 
My friend told him we were hitting the town on such an exciting night, etc. I said nothing until we got away from the building. For some reason, I said, Sean, if anything ever happens to me, tell the police to check that guy out, not Cheyenne, my husband. She laughed and asked me why, and I told her it was just a feeling I had. She reminded me of this later. You'll see why. A few weeks later, I saw him leaving the unit of my neighbor that I knew was out of town. I thought it odd as he was the parking lot guard. When I mentioned it to another neighbor, she told me that the guards had the master key to the lofts in case of emergency. Okay. My husband works nights. He knows this. I get a creepy feeling around him. That's great. We added a chain to the door. It already had a bolt and a regular lock, and that made me feel a little better. Later that year, we were watching the news. The security guard's face pops up on the local TV. I pay close attention. Turns out, he is one of the Aryan leaders from San Diego, and he had just been found guilty of some race-related crime that was sending him away for a long time. I lost it. Why? I am black and my husband is white. I thought back to every time he spoke to us, how conciliatory he was, how much he'd ask how we were doing, how he would ask my husband about his job, all the little seemingly innocuous questions he put to us, and it scared me to death. He'd had the key to my home. He had to have been bothered by our relationship, but he never showed it, except to my sixth sense. I raced to the management office as soon as they opened the next day. One of my neighbors had beat me there. It was the guy whose unit I saw him exiting months before. He was threatening to sue management because he had told them months ago that the guy was an Aryan and that he was distributing hate leaflets to his son. He was divorced and the son stayed with him every other weekend. From the gist of his yelling, I discerned that management advised then that they'd asked and the guard denied any knowledge of pamphlets. His last words as he was leaving was that he was conferring with a lawyer, since they did nothing at the time. Now this guy was on the news for hate crimes committed. He was obviously an Aryan and their lack of intervention had allowed him to influence a minor. I have no idea what happened with him as he moved soon after. I told them about my concerns, and they said they contracted with a security company and that he'd passed all background checks at the time of employment. Why he was even working as a security guard, I have no idea. Being young, we just let it go. Although I have forgotten his name, I can still clearly see his face when I think about him. I have tried looking him up on Google, but none of the search information I've used brings up his case. I've thought about looking it up at the courthouse. There must be some way, but then think, what's the point? He's in jail, still. I hope. You're listening to Disturbed. Summer is officially here. That means you want every free second possible to be outside enjoying yourself. And this summer, you can spend less time meal planning and prepping with HelloFresh's pre-portioned ingredients that make it easy to get cooking quick. And sometimes you find yourself in a recipe rut. Personally, I always dread having to look up and find a certain recipe. But with HelloFresh, you can choose from 40 recipes weekly, with options to please even the pickiest eaters, me. You'll always find meals that everyone at the table can enjoy. 
Look, my experience with HelloFresh has been fantastic. Instead of going out shopping for ingredients and meals, they simply come delivered with exact portions and an easy-to-follow recipe. And I love the satisfaction I get of actually cooking up a great-tasting meal. HelloFresh is more convenient than grocery shopping by a long shot, but you might not know that it's cheaper, too. It's also 25% less expensive than takeout. And you know I'm bringing you a great deal to go along with it. So go to HelloFresh.com Disturbed16 and use code Disturbed16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com Disturbed16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Amy. And hi, hi True Crime fans. fans. We're the co-hosts of She Goes by Jane. Every week, we'll be covering the story of a missing or unidentified woman in the United States. Stories you may have heard before. And ones whose stories didn't make it into the news. We've been covering these stories for a while. First in Amy's book of poetry, Doe. And then in Vanessa's documentary, She. But now we want to share them with you here on She Goes by Jane. And each week we'll be joined by a special guest who will read a poem in honor of the women we talk about. Can we say who? We can say who. We'll be joined by actresses like Coco Jones and Gabrielle Ruiz. And musicians like Stephanie Quayle and Kelly Moneymaker along with authors like Louise Penny and Catherine McKenzie. So check out She Goes by Jane wherever you get your podcasts, or check out Evergreen Podcasts and their true crime channel, Killer Podcasts. We can't wait to bring you these stories. You're listening to Disturbed. Now, back to the horror. Next up, we have a listener voicemail from Faye Zia, taking place in Bangladesh and she recounts a frightening experience while providing a little bit of backstory. Hi, uh, my name is Faiza. Um, I really, really, really like your podcast. Um, I listen to it every week, all the time. I just really love horror and like um, true stories and everything. And I decided that I wanted to share my true story that happened to me. Um, so... This happened to me when I was 11 years old. I um, went to my home country, Bangladesh, um, where I was born, to visit family since I do have family there. And we go every year during summer vacation. And we went to visit my um, aunt's house, uh, my mom's older sister. And my aunt has three kids, um, two girls, uh, one boy. I was very, very, very close to my older cousin, who, uh, like, I honestly, growing up, she was, like, my big sister figure. She was always protective. She was always loving. She was just that, you know, just that amazing person in my life who I trusted more than anything in this world. And so one night, one day, um, we were um, outside, and we were kind of, like, taking, like, a walk around the neighborhood because we were bored, and it was, like, really hot, mind you. Um, In June and July, um, in Bangladesh, it's, like, really, really hot. Like, it's super hot. So, um, inside the house, it was really hot, and, like, even the AC wasn't cooling us down. So, my cousin was like, you know what, let's just go outside and enjoy some breeze. And I'm like, okay, let's do that. And so, we went out, and we were just walking around the neighborhood. We were just talking, laughing. We were just saying hi to some of the neighbors, to some of the people in the village. 
and um, we actually bought some ice cream from one of the stores too because we were feeling really hot. We were eating and walking around, and my aunt's um, neighborhood has this house, which is um, like really discluded from like the village area. It's like not really close to the village, like really discluded, but you can definitely see it. So I was walking, and I decided, hey, you know what? We should totally go into the house. I was a big daredevil um, when I was a kid. I just would like literally do anything. I was rebellious. I wouldn't really listen. And my cousin was like, no, we're not supposed to go in there. That's like private property and like it's like no one goes in there it's like a really bad place to be like growing up she actually heard that there was like stories about like ghosts and like there was a really bad history behind the house and literally none of the locals would want to go near it because honestly um like a lot of like things weird things would happen there and the history was really bad itself so and she was like let's not go in there it's not okay like you know her being the mom and her being you know my big sister trying to warn me not to go in there not cause trouble for myself because obviously our parents would be really mad if they found out but again like i said i was really rebellious and i was a huge daredevil and i was like no i want to go in there so i don't listen to her and i actually do go in the house and i walk around and um it's a pretty big house actually like built in like the 1900s somewhere it was like really old house um and so i was walking around and i noticed this like picture on the wall and it's of a family it's a mom and a dad and there's um a girl and a boy and there's this little baby in like the mom's like you know um arm i assumed and so while i was staring at that picture i heard like not I heard a giggle, like a giggle behind me, and I also felt someone's presence behind me. And I assumed, oh my god, it's probably my cousin, she probably came in the house, you know. And I turn around, and there's no one behind me. And I was super confused, like, I definitely heard a giggle, and I, like, felt someone was behind me. So I was like, okay, let's just, you know, I was like, let's just ignore it. And so I turn around, and I walked some more to the house, and I walked in the kitchen, actually. And just out of nowhere, one of the, like, dishes like one of like the plates that was like in the kitchen kitchen it just flew right across from me and it smashed onto the floor my cousin came into the house and she heard the commotion and i was like the dish they just flew by me and just crashed into the ground like i didn't even touch it and so my cousin obviously was like okay you know what let's just get out of here this is really bad i have a really bad feeling about this we even shouldn't even be here like stop it let's just go and i was like okay sure and walk out of the house and i was like hey did you hear like a laughter like a giggle yeah she was like giggle i didn't hear anything and I was like, oh, okay. So we walked back to her house. And later that night, we were both sleeping in our bed when I heard like a knock on her window. And so her window had the curtains on. So I actually got up and I was like, and I wanted to little peek at it. And I was about to put my hands on um, to the curtain to like, kind of like move it and just see who was outside. And I moved it, and there was, and I saw outside her window. Her window, you can see, like, into the, their backyard. So I looked at her backyard, and I saw this figure of a man, like a tall man. But I couldn't make out his face or anything, because it was, like, really dark. It was probably, like, 12. I couldn't really see his face or anything. And I just kind of, like, tried to ignore it. I was like, okay, whatever. I'm just probably just, I don't know, just trying to, like, ignore it. And so I closed the curtains, and I went back to bed with my cousin. A few, like, minutes later, I hear that same knock onto the window. And I get up. This time, however, I decided to wake up my cousin. And I was like, hey, wake up. And she goes, wait, what's wrong? And I'm like, I saw this man in your backyard. And, like, I heard this knock on the window. Who do you think it is? Like, and why in the world would they be in your backyard? Isn't your gate locked or something? My cousin looks at me. She gets up, goes to the window. She looks outside the window. Her face 
turned pale as a ghost. I had never seen my cousin that petrified before. She had always been the brave one. She had always been the one protecting me. She wasn't afraid of anything. The look of pure horror was on her face. She immediately closed the window. She grabbed my arm and she pushed me into her closet. Our parents were at home that night. We were home alone, which made this whole situation even more worse than it was supposed to be. There were no adults in the house. And my cousin explained to me that what was outside wasn't a human. It was the spirit of the man who lived in the house that I went in. Apparently, the house's history was that it was owned by a huge businessman who was very, very wealthy and very, very successful. However, he was mentally unstable, and one night he came home and he grabbed an ass and he killed his whole entire family. He was insane, and the locals had him over to the police station. He apparently hung himself in jail, and even though, like, the last thing before um, he died, he screamed, no one go in my house. That's my house. I will kill you. Literally. Basically, no one really believed him. And um, the next day, he hung himself. He killed himself. And so when locals or, like, people try to go over there and, like, kind of, like, rent the house out or maybe, like, construct make construction or kind of, like, remodel the house and try to move in because it was a pretty huge house and it would cost a lot of money. Like, the property would be worth a lot of money, too. Mysteriously, every single person went to the house died like no one came out alive and the bodies were always found without the head so locals believed that it was definitely the spirit of the man coming back to save his house and protect his house because before he dying he told them that you know like he would like no one should go into his house because you know that's his house so they decided to lock the house up and no one has been there since and it is said if i if you do get lucky if you enter the house and you do get lucky the man will follow you to your house to get revenge because you still enter your house. So my cousin was like, she grabbed the Quran, which is the holy book, and she was like, read versions of the Quran and just pray. Just pray she doesn't get to the house. And as soon as we said that, there were knocks on the front door. And we could hear the rustling of the doorknob from like from downstairs. And then out of nowhere, I was like, oh my God, what do I do? So I started reading the Quran and I was like praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. The knocks got louder and louder and louder until we could just hear slams on the door. I was scared. I closed my eyes and started crying. I didn't know what I was doing, but before I even noticed it, we both fell asleep. In the morning when we wake up and our parents got home, I went downstairs and I saw my uncle at the front door and he was looking at something. And I was like, oh, what, what are you looking at? And he goes, I don't know what happened, but something smashed a hole into the door. We don't know what happened, but there's literally something on the door. I have never told anyone about this. And my cousin and me, we just like kind of like promised like to never speak of this ever again. And yeah, it was just a really traumatic experience. And to this day, it still haunts me. Thank you, Fazia. Now, I certainly can't confirm everything in the backstory of the house with the man who lived there, along with those who tried visiting the house afterward. But I will say the timing of your experience after having visited the house certainly makes you think. And I have no doubt that what you experienced was terrifying. Thanks for sharing your story. Now, Fazia took advantage of our hotline to get her voice on the show. And you can too. Simply visit hotline.disturbedpodcast.com from your mobile device and record your experience in a quiet setting. We'll be sharing more in future episodes. And finally, we close out the show hearing from Reddit user NoPanic2551, 
featuring voice work by Kiona Bashful Echo, and the person we meet is not who he claimed. When I turned 17 last year, me and two other friends had a little get-together and kind of planned to go out that night. One of my friends was active on Tinder and had been chatting with an 18-year-old guy named Jens. This guy asked if we'd come and meet him in this bar in Utrecht, the Netherlands, and we're thinking, oh my god, free alcohol with a hot guy? Seems fun. We get ready, take a train, and within 15 minutes we're in Utrecht. We stopped at some stores and a restaurant before we got to the bar. We go in and sit on those high chairs. We didn't see the guy from the Tinder profile, so we waited. Then my friend got the message that he was delayed, so we waited. We ordered some Cokes. My friend tried to message the guy again, but the message went unanswered. After a while, this man, who had also been sitting at the bar the whole time, asked us if he could offer us a drink. This man was maybe 30 years old, but there were three of us, and after all, we came to get a free drink. So we said yes, and he ordered us shots. We continued our conversation, and when we finished the shots, he'd get us new ones. Then at some point, he came to sit with us and engaged in our conversation. Then later, all of us moved to a lounge in the corner in the bar. We were all kind of tipsy and enjoying ourselves. That kind of went on, like, for example, we talked about our favorite artists. But then he started asking sexually tinted questions, and because this man was not hot at all, rather ugly, and way too old... We did not like that. I felt a little too tipsy and needed some water. So I got up to ask for water at the bar. When I did, the waitress at the bar told me that we could absolutely not go home with this man we were sitting with. Because, she said, that at their bar it happened that a young girl would come, sit at the bar, get stood up, and then this supposedly nice man, who always happened to be there when a girl got stood up, would buy them a drink, get them drunk, and ask them to go home with him. And that's the guy we were sitting with. I did not make a connection right away, but I understood this man was not as nice as he seemed. When I got back to our table, I said to my friends I wanted to go home, and they agreed. We were trying to say goodbye, but the guy kept pressuring us to have another drink or to go to another bar. He said he had Bucardi for us at his home, and asked if we wanted to get it. He kept pressuring us and literally walked with us out of the bar. I freaked out and thought the man was going to follow us home, but eventually he did walk into another bar and we went ahead and took our train back home. The next day I realized what had happened. I told my friends what the waitress said and when my friend tried to contact the Tinder profile, she found out that he blocked her. I am 100% sure that the 30-year-old man who coincidentally was there to get friendly with us when we got stood up was actually the 19-year-old that we were supposed to meet up with. I think about what could have happened if we were to have gone with him to his home, and I'm so happy there were three of us. I don't know what could have happened if I were alone. For every young girl in the Netherlands out there, if you stumble across a Tinder account under the name of Jens, don't be too quick to meet him. I believe he lives in Utrecht City as he asked us to walk with him for the Bacardi. If you happen to be stood up and a white, about 30-year-old man with short, dark blonde hair and uneven eyebrows offers you a drink, don't accept and leave.
Follow our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Disturbed Podcast and on Twitter at Disturbed underscore pod. Thanks to our sponsor, HelloFresh. Please use our special link at HelloFresh.com slash Disturbed16 to get 16 free meals plus free shipping. Using our link helps to support the podcast. Don't forget you can send in your own true terrifying tale. Head over to disturbedpodcast.com slash submit. If you'd like to support the show and gain access to bonus episodes, ad-free content, and early releases, visit patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast. And a big time thanks to all of our newest supporters. Isabel Haller, Noah Falcon, Shakia Lewis, Taylor Ray McLean, Shauna, Nick, John Mickles, Gary Anderson, Tracy Vince, Mason Magia, Aaron, and Oceanside Tropicals. Thanks to all of you for supporting the show. Music by Carl Casey at WhiteBatAudio and Co.ag. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a solo shot episode. And don't forget to stay safe out there, y'all. <laughs> 